I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast was recorded on Rwandari land. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and to the traditional owners of the game Mangrook, without which our game wouldn't exist. This is Footy Actually, brought to you by Play On Radio. Hello and welcome to Footy Actually, the alternative listening podcast for diehard footy fans. My name is Kel Rowe and I'm here with my co-host, Gemma Bastiani, AFLW analyst extraordinaire. How are you today, Gem? I'm great. Thank you. Fantastic. Talking about footy, chilling. i got all my stats up. Life's good. Love it. I've got a cup of coffee and a bit of chocolate. So, oh, I mean, I have coffee, but no chocolate. So I'm the loser here, aren't I? Yeah, I can't eat it though because it's the popping kind of chocolate. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't want that. Wouldn't vote well for our recording. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Today, we're talking about the Western Bulldogs. Uh, the doggies finished eighth on the ladder in 2021 with 88.2%. They won the first four of five games. Four of their first five. Yeah. They lost round one. That was a pretty cracking game that round one how did you think overall the doggies played out this year so I have a theory that I've actually been mentioning to a few of the dogs players (laughs) and they they love it but also laugh at me I think that their stats suggest um, that they're tracking a very similar trajectory that the Lions did just a year later so we're set for a doggies dynasty then (laughs) Not dynasty necessarily, but I think they're definitely on the upward kind of curve. And I think um, they're going, they're, they're setting themselves up really well for long-term good performances. Um, again, not saying they're going to win multiple flags or anything like that. I just think that they've set themselves up with a really good base foundation. And I think this year proved that um, mm. they've coming into next season, they have 15 players 21 or under from the start of January. So they've got a really young list. That's 15 players is half of half of an AFLW list. So it's a long-term, a long-term strategy. They're building something. Exactly. And they also kind of had that, what the do, what the Lions did in 2020, where they had a really strong first half of the year and they looked almost unstoppable and then kind of fell away a little bit. And that's the nature of having a young side as well. Young sides will fall off that endurance ladder a little bit, uh, but they're preparing themselves to have that ability to go all the way through a season like we saw Brisbane do this year. So I think they're they're a, a team to watch. Absolutely. They're a pretty well-drilled team in training. I have the good fortunes of being very close to Whitnoble and uh, often have a sticky beak in training sessions when I'm on my run. Yeah, they're probably up there with one of the fittest squads in the competition. Uh, mm. Obviously, youth is on their side, which is great. But Nathan Burke runs them long and hard to, you know, basically be able to run out for massive footy quarters. I, I know a team that would object to the idea that uh, any other side is the most fit team in the comp, and I'm not going to say which one it is. Uh, I think I know uh, who you're referring to. 
<laughs> they they wear the color purple. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, and with with that in mind, that's why I said one of. Oh, yeah, that's true. I apologize. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I won't challenge their crown at all. <laughs> so let's talk about the off season, uh, the trade and draft highlights. Obviously, um, a bit of movement for the dogs uh, and a little bit of publicity around that as well. Who was your trade highlight? Yeah, so you know it's hard to go past Al Bennett's. She's a she's a massive get. Her maturity and her leadership is exactly what the dogs need, given the youth of their side that I just mentioned. Um, she's also really versatile. So we've seen her play off the half back line. We've seen her play on the wing. We know that she has the potential to play in the midfield. Could play really well as a forward, just because she's a clever footballer. She's got good endurance so she can run hard and she's a really really skilled clean user of the ball so that's what the dogs have needed that's what they've been crafting with this list as well so I think she'll slot right in but yeah fun story Al Bennett's actually taught Nathan Burke's daughters when they're at school Ah. so they've had this kind of connection for years um so now they're kind of reuniting back at the dogs which is quite cool and I'm really excited to see what they use Al Bennett like what role they use Al Bennett's um for in the 2022 season because she has so much potential to do so many different things. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves a good utility, especially one with such experience and, and leadership. So yeah. it definitely sounds like she'll be uh, great for their outfit. I love being able to play football forever. So my <laughs> trade highlight was, <laughs> well, I love the idea of it. Uh, my trade highlight was Rocky Cranston. She was delisted by the Cats and signed as a free agent to the Dogs but she's no stranger to the red, white and blue, having represented them in the exhibition games in 2016. So it's effectively coming home to the kennel. I'm really excited about this because I think she's one of those kind of cult players in AFLW. One of my favourite memories of her playing a game, and I think it was against Frio, and she was being chased by, I think it was Evie Gooch, actually. I can tell you, this was round one 2020, and the Cats were stuck in their defence. Yeah. She handballed the ball to herself. Yep, and kicked the fir- their first goal of the game. Yep. Absolutely blistered up, kicked the goal. It was amazing. I've been a fan ever since. I'm really, really excited to see her play. And I think she'll kind of, probably because of that, that kind of cult figure, she'll play that role in their forward line where she draws in defenders and gives space to a lot of the other forward line to, to make their move on goals, but also obviously have the ability to kick some goals herself. She also is similar to Bennett's in the in terms of she has the ability to play in a, a lot of different roles. So I think don't peg her as a as a forward and not think to, that she'll impact elsewhere. Because I think Nathan Burke is very much about versatility. Um, and while she will likely have an impact there, I think she'll likely have a big impact elsewhere on the ground as well, for sure, which is really exciting because that's what we want to see. And I just want to ask you one question based on what you said. Mm. Now, you said you like the idea of being able to play football forever. Are you calling Rocky Cranston old? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I just love seeing people who, who do get dropped off lists, particularly when they oh, are, okay. yep. are at the top end of, of uh, their football career in terms of age because you're looking at who's coming through in the pathways. And I mean, she's 32, so she is over 30, but she's not Cora Staunton, 40. No, and I'm older than her. So basically it's just giving me hope. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always nice to see people be able to continue their footy careers yep. um, and 
and Rocky has a lot to offer. So it's great to see her at the dogs. Sorry to put you on the spot there. I was just curious. No, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose on, on that note, who was your draft highlight? I really like that they've picked up Elizabeth Snell, who's who was picked 27 nationally, but 17 in Victoria. She's a really hard running mid who knows how to find the ball, which I think, you know, I'm, I'm very much an advocate for the number of possessions you get doesn't necessarily mean your impact on the game, but also having mids who can win the ball is a huge advantage. So mm-hmm. having those younger players coming through who can do that underneath an Ellie Blackburn and a Kirsty Lamb is really important. I think that she'll be a really good development support for that midfield, um, mm-hmm. but she also has the potential to go forward and hit the scoreboard. So I really like, again, the versatility of if she doesn't fit in the midfield right now, there's still somewhere else she can strive to win a spot to then work up into that. So I think that's a really exciting thing about a lot of their draftees this season. Yeah, and I think one of the really great things to see, especially with how the pathways coming up into to women's football at an elite level are really, really quite solidifying now, is that you get these young kids who are, in terms of their footy experience, you know, still relatively new at an elite level, but their like footy skills and their footy brains are already up there. Like I think about Twiggy, who, who the dogs picked up last year. and Sarah Hartwig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She just became a real feature in the back line, really reliable, really solid. And it's yet it's her first year in, in the AFLW system. So it's really great to see that that's the result of those pathways really, really becoming strong. My draft highlight was Mendeling. She was drafted at number 22. She's got a lot of speed and agility. I heard she's got a particularly great sidestep too. Um, So I can see her being a real asset in and around stoppages in the middle. When I was reading up on her, that kind of made me think a little bit about Press Parkett's kind of that really strong bodied midfielder who can burst out of packs, but also put on the speed and clear the stoppages. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her play. And she's got proven ability to do that because she was the best on ground in the NAB League Girls Premiership team this year. So excited to see her play this year. The thing about Amanda Ling as well is we talk about all these young kids coming through there, you know, 17, when, when the season hadn't been moved to January, there was the prospect that there were going to be some 17 year olds debuting because of it being a December start, all that sort of stuff. Amanda Ling got ignored last draft. Yeah. Didn't get picked up and was picked up quite high this season um, because she put the work in, in that extra year. I think I read that in the first, the first time she nominated for the draft, she only had interviews with one club. But the second time around, she had meetings with uh, like uh, seven out of eight Victorian clubs. Yeah, yeah. That's just a reflection of, of the work she's put in. It's great. And she's a character as well, which is great. We love that. <laughs> love to see it. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So any off-season concerns for the dogs? 
Yeah, they've they've had to work through a few injuries uh, this preseason, a few surgeries on players. They've, they haven't had a lot of players out in the park necessarily for a lot of their training sessions, which I imagine you'll have seen. Um, and then obviously the, the COVID exposure that they've had as well, which means they've had to kind of miss some training sessions, rearrange some stuff. So while it's less than ideal, I don't think they'll let that hold them back either because I think that especially with the addition of Melissa Hickey into that coaching panel, Nathan Burke is such a goal-oriented kind of coach. I think that they'll have found a way to work through that, but we still need to flag it as something they've had to deal with that not every club has had to deal with. They're obviously not the only ones, but they are one of the few that have. Yeah, so I think getting their first choice team on the park in round one is going to be their challenge. And, you know, when we talk about men's footy, the whole conversation is you don't have to be ready for round one because you can work your way into the season. With the AFLW, it's a totally different story because we have... For next season, it'll be 10 rounds of footy. You can't work your way into a 10-round season. You have to hit the ground running. There's just not enough time, yeah. They just don't have that luxury. So it is about getting your first-choice team on the park as soon as possible. So I think that is going to be their challenge. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't have it in my notes, but I am um, particularly excited with the addition of Mel Hickey on the coaching staff there. Can we just have one moment to appreciate what a huge, huge get Mel is for this team as their defensive coach. What an incredible asset she is to footy, women's footy, and she's going to be an incredible head coach one day. Sorry to talk you up too much, Mel, but um, <laughs> I'm, I just think she's got it in her to be an incredible head coach, and I'm really excited to see her progressing along that journey. Uh, I totally agree. I'm a massive fan of Mel. Um I used to play in the back line and she was a bit of an inspiration for me. And I'm just really, really stoked to see her kind of progress on from playing to becoming a coach. She's going to be a force if she isn't yeah. already. It's really exciting. Also to what you said about injuries, specifically Gabby Newton is out for the season with a, a dual shoulder recurve that happened in the off season, which just blows my mind for such a, a young player to have to have that kind of surgery. But it is one of those things where they've decided to go hard early uh, in the interest of giving her, yeah, a, a, a long and rich career, hopefully at the Bulldog. That's certainly the the vibe um, that's being given. It's it's an investment in her long-term future, which is is great. Um, so it'll be sad not to see um, Gab out on the park. I really felt like she really developed in the back end of last season in particular and kind of found her feet. I think there's a, there's a lot of pressure when you're the, the number one draft pick to kind of come out firing. But I, I feel like there's also a change there where people are actually recognising that these are just just kids who are just coming into a, a pretty big and pressure-filled environment. So it's nice that steps are being taken to kind of safeguard their well-being and mm. and really solidify the, the career in the long run. So whilst it's sad we won't see Gab, um, it is great that and the replacement player on the list for the Dogs is Alice Edmonds. Um, who's who play Ruck for Richmond. So I think she'll be a good sort of swap in and out, although I'm really keen to see where they'll end up playing her. Well, she definitely fills a need for them with Kim Rennie having gone out to um, North Melbourne in the off-season and, mm. you know, Celine Moody ended up just being the sole Ruck. So having Alice Edmonds there actually gives them a little bit of depth. So uh, as much as it sucks that Gab's out, it does give them a little bit more depth in an area that otherwise they wouldn't have had it. So there's silver lining to it as well. Absolutely. And and Gabby's not far from the action anyway. They've found her some place in the midfield coaching from what I understand. So she'll still have connection with the team. Yeah, she's going to be working very closely with Nat Wood. 
how do you think they'll like to play this year? Do you think they'll keep doing what they've been doing in the last season? Yeah, I think that burst of power out of the contest has really served them well. And they've been adding other players who can do that, not just an Ellie Blackburn or a Jess Fitzgerald. So now Mm. Amanda Ling has that potential. We saw her do that so expertly in the NAB girls grand final this year. And, you know, that burst out of the stoppage into space is really powerful. Um, So I think that is still going to be a really important part of their game getting opposition defenses on the uh, on the back foot and yeah just trying to play that really attacking style of footy that we've seen them slowly developing um which kind of the pinnacle game for this in terms of their development of it was that final that round six game in 2020 against Fremantle they lost it but it was very attacking. It was very purposeful. It wasn't yeah. just locked down, let's only lose by two goals. They just went all out. And they ended up losing by 15 points, but they showed what they could do. And that, that's what they've been building on. That's how they've beat, that, that's how they won those four games in a row this year. So I think that will continue, but more effectively as they develop those skills more as well. Yeah, absolutely. That game was amazing. And I always feel when you play an opposition, you know, as classy and as skillful as Frio, then you rise to the occasion and Mm -hmm. that really showed. I really thought that Ellie Blackburn led from the front on every, every level this year. She was, she was amazing. Yeah. Um, But there were some real sort of captain's games where she just set the example and set Mm -hmm. the level of intensity, which was fantastic to see. I also really enjoyed the link-ups between Izzy Huntington and Kirsten McLeod. They were working really well together up in that forward line. Izzy was either taking clunking marks and then feeding off to Kirsten or Kirsten was just motoring out of the pack. She's pretty dangerous inside 50, so I'd like to see a lot more of that. Yes, yes. Just not against our teams. <laughs> yeah. Who's your dream matchup for uh, the 2022 season? Uh, yeah, so the Saints for me, they were caught a little bit off guard by the Saints, I think, in round one this year. Saints got the win. It was a really interesting game because St Kilda statistically conceded a lot more inside 50s to the Western Bulldogs to what they had done throughout their first season in 2020. But they were far more attacking, so they they got the win by conceding that they were going to concede more points. Um but were happy that they were going to score more. And I think that threw the Western Bulldogs off guard because they were maybe anticipating that really defensive version of the Saints that we saw for the rest of the season, really. Yeah, I I was blown away by that game. Yeah, so I'm interested to see a rematch of that, how it looks them lining up on one another again, because I think it'd be a fascinating matchup. It's It's got the potential to have a really good rivalry to it, I think, if it continues. I was quite conflicted because I um, um, I'm a member of both clubs, <laughs> <laughs> unsurprisingly. And I remember sitting on the boundary watching that game and just thinking how amazing it was to see, particularly like what the younger the younger talent in the teams could do. And yeah. I think like like you said, St Kilda for the rest of the season played really really defensively, but that game really showed what they could do when they were pushing forward. Mm. Um, however. Your matchup is? My matchup is the uh, Hanson Hardeman Cup hit out. I would love to see that be the season opener. And I feel like there's a potential in for that happening now, given that Icon Park won't be ready. Yeah, it does give us an opportunity and potentially an out for the league to fixture that game as the opener, given the history that it has within the AFLW. 
I'm going to make this about myself now. I'm really sorry. But I've been advocating for this to be the season opener for years. And if we go back through things that I've written over the past five years, I say this so often and everyone's like, yeah, and agrees with me. And then it like never happens. I swear to God, this should be the season opener. (laughs) Well, full disclosure, it was you who convinced me. I was sad about it not being at Icon Park, being a Blues fan and having been to many a game at Icon Park. But my favourite seats at Icon were the ones that have been redeveloped. So they're no longer there anymore, which is a bit sad, but their new um, space should be really great. So this makes sense to me. I'm sorry it took me so long to agree with you. (laughs) Yes, everyone should agree with me and we should make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon? Do you think the dogs will make finals? So I have to explain this again. I'm sorry, but I cheated. There are three teams that I can't figure out which two will make it into the final two spots of the six. And the Western Bulldogs are one of them. I'm quite bullish on them, but I can't commit because there's three teams that I can't like whittle down. So question mark is my answer. I was also on the fence and (laughs) (laughs) I said, maybe sorry, Bulldogs. Sorry, Ash. I want to see them in the finals. I think they can do it, but it comes down to the kind of run that they have in the season, you know, obviously not sustaining any injuries in games, having that belief that they can do it. Um, But this could be it. Yeah. I think that they will, but also I couldn't work out which other one to take out. So I'm sorry. Again, we're recording mid-November. There's still so much time uh, before I feel like I need to make a really committed decision. Ask us again, middle of the season. We'll be able to give you a concrete answer then. (laughs) Maybe after round two, ask me. (laughs) Okay, deal. Well, that's it for today. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing the doggies out on the park. If you want to follow along, you can find us on Twitter. I'm Ro underscore Kel. And you can find Play on Radio Melb. Gem, what's your Twitter handle? I'm at GL Bastiani. Come and talk to me about footy. That's all we talk about. Full stop. Yeah, I'll be honest, that is. Well, that's it from us for now. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on Footy Actually. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.